I want to talk to you on the subject today, redefined. Our, our, our theme is reset. And whatever area in your life that you need a reset, we're believing that this is the time. We're going to jump right in. We're starting a new year. I want to talk about redefining ourselves and seeing ourselves the way God sees us. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 um, to 18. Let's start. We'll jump right in. Paul is writing to this church, and he, he says, Whenever, though, they turn to face God as Moses did, when we turn to face him, and I believe that we're doing that in this period of prayer and fasting, God begins to do some stuff in our lives. The Bible says God removes the veil, the veil. And that doesn't mean a whole lot to us, but it meant a whole lot in that culture in that particular time because it was very tangible, it was very real to them. The veil was the barrier that stood in between the people and God. And, and it, it was just impossible to, to get close to him because of that. But the Bible says that the barrier gets lifted, it gets torn, the, the veil does. And I want to just stop and tell you that he can still remove barriers today. He can still remove barriers today. And they, and so let's continue reading. And, and there they are, face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation. So all the things in your life that have just been there and just can't seem, you can't seem to shake off. And they can't seem to, you can't seem to break through those habits the patterns, the dysfunctions, the addictions, whatever that may be, that stuff that has followed you your whole life, that constricting legislation is recognized, the Bible says, as obsolete. We're free of it, he says. All of us, all of us, every, every single one of us in this place, can I tell you that God wants it for you? Not just some of us, every single one of us. Nothing between us and God, our faces shining with the brightness of his face, and so we are transfigured or transformed or changed. We're changed, much like the Messiah, and it says our lives gradually, gradually, I like that word because it doesn't happen all at once. For, for sanctification, the process of being saved it, God is working on us day in and day out. It's a process. That's why one translation says that it's from glory to glory. And notice what it says. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives. As God enters our lives and we become like him. I want to be like him. Don't you? So today I want to focus on resetting an area of our lives that we've all been affected by at some point, somewhere, and that area where God wants to come in and really make some change, and that is our belief about ourselves. Because the reality is that many of us at one point or time have an incorrect view of ourselves. We define ourselves by some things in our lives. We can define our things by some, we can define our lives by some things that we go through, by some issues that we confront and some challenges that we go through. Defined by those things. And, 
And the, the truth is that all of us wake up in the morning and mo I, most of us go to the mirror and just kind of see where we are and what we need to do to, before we head out the door. And, and the truth is that we have believed some things about ourselves as you look in that mirror. And we've looked in mirrors our whole life, our whole life, relationships, looked in the mirror of relationships, looked in the mirror of issues, or maybe your parents, and you're here this morning, and you've defined yourself by something. It's not even what anybody tells you anymore, it's what you believe about yourself. But the question that I want to pose to you this morning is, have you defined yourself the way God sees you? Have you defined yourself the way God sees you? Chances are you haven't totally or completely. Maybe you have to a certain degree, but there's still some areas that are affected where God says that's not who you are. That's not who you are. That's who you've become because of the choices you've made, but that's not who you are. And God wants us, as we begin this year, to reset our belief about ourselves, to see ourselves the way he sees us, to see ourselves the way he sees us. You remember the Disney movie, Snow White. It was an evil queen. She'd look at herself in the mirror and would say, mirror, mirror, on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And, and what I'd like to point out from this is the reality is we could compare ourselves to, to that particular scene in the sense that many of us have gone through life looking for validation through the mirrors that are in our lives. We look to define ourselves in our relationships, look to define ourselves in our jobs, in our careers by what we have, and just by life totally. But I want to submit to you this morning that we're looking, if, if we're looking in those places, we're looking in the wrong place. So the question, what mirror have you been looking in? What mirror have you been looking in? I want to just highlight three particular mirrors, and then we're going to look at the life of one, one man that we know as Moses. But there's three mirrors that we can look at ourselves and automatically define ourselves by it. And the first is the mirror of failure or rejection. You've defined yourself by this statement, I am what I did. I did that, whatever that is for you, so I am that. I failed, so I'm a failure. And I'll always be a failure. And if you grab a hold of what you did, you'll see yourself in an incorrect view. And I want to tell you that you don't need to define yourselves by the decisions that you've made. God never sees you by what you did. God sees you by what you can become. The Bible says that he calls those things that are not as though they were because he has the power to make them be what they ought to be. You see yourself in the struggle, but God sees you victorious on the other side. You can't define yourself by what you did. God never sees you. Many of the, all the parents in the, in the house know Know this, when you've talked to your child and, and, and they've made a poor choice and you tell them, this is what you did, but that's not who you are. 
That's not who you are. You're choosing to be this way. You're choosing to be mean, but you're not mean. You're choosing to be that way. Someone, someone uh, in this place who has been plagued just by your decisions, I just want to encourage you that you may have done that, but that's not who you are. You may have gone through a rough patch. Maybe your whole life, maybe your whole life has been a rough patch. But can I tell you that he is the God of new beginnings. And that he can begin a new work in your life today. God can do a work in you. You may have done that, but that's not who you are. The second is the mirror of social pressure. You let others define you. You tell yourself this statement, I am who they say I am. And you listen to your friends. You listen to the people that you pass at work. I am what they called me. And and some of us have not been able to shake off one negative statement that was said years ago. But it's clung to your heart. And you've embraced that. It's defined you. Statements like you'll never amount to anything. And in the back of your mind, even as you progress some, that you always go back to that statement. You'll never amount to anything. You've been living your life by that statement. And I want to tell you it's a lie. You are not who they say you are. And can I say... Just along these lines, don't compare yourself to what you see on social media. Ever. The the last is the mirror of inferiority. What does that mean? That means that I don't feel worthy. Have you ever talked to somebody that says, man, I I just don't know if God could really help me because of what I've done. God may change your life, but I don't know if he can change mine because... I am not, and you tell yourself the statement, I am not enough. Or you tell yourself the statement, I won't ever. I can't ever. You've told yourself some lies. You've told yourself some lies, and I want to tell you that that's not who you are either. Because if you truly want to find out what something is, if you truly want to see the worth of something, you have to ask the one who made it. You have to ask the creator. It's like you go to, a, you see a painting in a museum, and for, for some of us that don't have an artistic eye, you just see a very abstract painting, and you kind of stare at it, and you look at it for a moment, and you're like, what, what is that? What is it? Is that, is that a tree? But for, for you to find out what that painting is, all you have to do is you have to ask the artist. And the artist can share with you where he or she received that inspiration. All you have to do is ask the artist. So I want to tell you today, there's only one that has the accurate definition of who you are, and that is God. There's only one that has the accurate story of who you are, and that is God. And he put it in his word. God put it in his word and to find out who you really are. And and what we have to do is we have to get into his word. Because if we end up in his word, you'll believe a new report about yourself. You'll believe a new report about yourself. And like 2 Corinthians says, you'll gradually become brighter, more and more like him. It's little by little, one foot in front of the other. I'm becoming more like him. 
And you tell yourself the reality of, of, of the, the situation is I'm not who I need to be, but I'm not who I used to be. I'm getting better every day. And I want to tell you that I want this for your life. I want this for your life, but it cannot happen unless you make room for it. It cannot happen unless you make room for it. Look what James says in chapter 1, verse 23. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away, immediately forgets what he looks like. But then he says this, but whoever looks intently, and that's what I'm asking you to do this morning, not just to look, but to look intently. Beginning, as we begin this year, in, in the season of prayer and fasting, that we would look intently. And look what he says, as you look intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. And continues in it, not forgetting what they heard, but doing it. They will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed in what they do. Can we look at ourselves intently this morning in that mirror? And to do this, I want to outline the character or the person of Moses. Moses is, is, a, is a messed up dude. Struggling with his identity. From birth, they wanted to kill him. Moses' mom, as he's born into a Hebrew home, wanting to spare his life, puts him in a basket, sends him down the Nile. And by chance, so some people would say, God orchestrated it. Pharaoh's daughter finds the baby, takes the baby as her own. And then look how God works this out. God, and the, the mom comes to be the sitter. Becomes a prince of Egypt. Has everything you could possibly want. But that still wasn't who God created him to be. Can I tell you that we can get all the things in this life. But until we become who God has created us to be, we'll always be miserable. Until I step into who he has called me to be. He, so here you have Moses. He's struggling with his own identity. He realizes that he is a Hebrew. He's not an Egyptian. So he knew he wasn't who he was supposed to be. He knew he was made for more. He knew that there was a higher purpose for his life. And one day he sees an Egyptian beaten on some Hebrews, some of the slaves there, and he kills the Egyptian. He hides him in the sand. He's unsettled in his identity, so he runs for his life. And can I tell you, that's what we do when we're not embracing who we are in life. We'll make Bad choices and then end up running. End up running. Moses ends up in the desert. He's, he's here, unsettled, insecure. And in that moment, in that moment of low, just that low peak that he could have reached. Look, this is how the God that we serve works. It, it, when he's struggling with his identity and when he's struggling with insecurity, God shows up. On the mountain, there's a burning bush, and the bush is not being consumed. And, and all of a sudden, I, Moses may have thought, is it the pizza that I ate last night? The and then the bush starts talking to him. 
And God meets him there and God tells him, I have a mission for you. But before I give you the mission, we've got to do some work on the inside of you. And I want to tell you, I want to submit to you this morning that God has a great purpose for your life. But in this moment of prayer and fasting, God is doing a work inside of us that's going to propel us into the next dimension that God has for us. So this is, so God tells him, I'm going to do something in your life. And you know how Moses responds? Moses responds with his insecurities. Moses says, I can't. And he responds with four of them, four insecurities to be exact. And I want to confront those today. Look what Exodus 3 uh, verse 11 says. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go, that I should go to Pharaoh? No, he says, who am I? That's the first thing. Who am I? I don't even know who I am. Am I an Egyptian? Am I a Hebrew? Am I a shepherd? Moses said to God, who am I that I should go? Like when God calls you and God, God is challenging you to step up and, and to serve on the dream team or, or to get more involved. And you tell yourself, who am I? And, and it's like Moses can, can all, all his poor choices are just like playing like a movie through his mind. You, you do realize, God, that you're, you're picking a guy that murdered someone. Hit him in the sand. Ran. And when Moses said, who am I, I love the way God responds because God said, let me tell you about me. So Moses is there talking about himself, but God responds talking about himself. And he says, and this, is, this will be a sign that it is I that have sent you. Moses, in other words, they're not even going to notice you. They're not even going to notice you because it's about me. And this is encouraging for me this morning because it's not about me. It's all about who he is. It's not about what I can do. It's about what he can do. It's not about my strength. It's about his strength. It's not about what's possible for me. It's about what's possible for him. It's about him. And for someone who has been struggling with who you used to be, God wants to remind you that it's not about you. It's about him. God chose the Apostle Paul long before he was an apostle and long before he was Paul, when he was Saul of Tarsus, uh, killing Christians, literally. And he's called to the ministry. And this is what he says in 1 Corinthians 15.10. He says, by the but by the grace of God, I am what I am. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Can I tell you that's a mirror you need to look at yourself in this morning. I'm not perfect. I've made my mistakes. I've made, I'll continue to make mistakes. I've failed. I'll continue to fail. But I want to tell you I am who I am by the grace of God. I'm not here because I'm smart. Nope, I'm here because he's made a way for me to be here today. And let that be a declaration over your life. I am who I am by the grace of God. I can do this because God is with me. You can do it because God is with you. The second question he asks is this. He says, who are you? He says, who am I? Moses talks, don't you know who I am? I've, I've, I've made a lot of dumb thing, choices. 
It's not about you, Moses. It's about God. Then he says, who are you? Exodus 3.13. Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am who I am. This is what you're going to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Moses wants to know, how do I tell him? Who sent me? Just tell him I am sent you. Because he is so great that he can't be defined by one title. He is so great that we can't put him in a box and limit him. I am so much bigger, Moses, than what you could ever define. I am who I am. If you're walking in the desert and all of a sudden Pharaoh and, and all his chariots are coming after you. And if you need me to open up the Red Sea and hold it up on each side until every Israelite walks on it. Like as if they're walking on dry land, I'll do that. If you need me to close up the waters after every Israelite has passed and make sure that the enemy drowns, I'll do that. If you are in the desert and there's nothing to eat, I'll be a provider and I'll send manna from heaven. If you are thirsty, I'll make water come out of a rock. I am who I am. If you need me to be a shield and protect you with a cloud when the sun is burning, I will be that. If you are walking at night and you can't see where you're going, I will be a column of fire. I am who I am. Can I tell you the God that I serve? He, told, he gave Moses a blank check, and you said, whatever you need me to be, I'll be it. I don't know who I'm talking to today. Whatever you need him to be, he is that. He is still a healer. He is still a provider. He is still a way maker. He's still a deliverer. He can still restore. I am who I am. You have a mighty God. I want to tell you this morning, you have a mighty God. You have a miracle-working God. And I have to believe it, I have to embrace it, and I have to live it. So my life has to be filtered through God's word that he is not a God that I just put in a category. No, he, he encompasses it all. He can do it all. Jeremiah 32 17 says this, ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too difficult. It may look impossible right now, but nothing is too difficult. It may look like I'm going down and out, but nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too difficult for my God. That's what mirror you need to look at yourself and your situation in. It doesn't matter what you face. Nothing is too difficult for the God that we serve. The third thing is this. Moses responds, who am I? Who are you? The third thing is, what if they? What if they? You know what? You know what he's saying here? He, he's worried about people. What if they? 
Moses answered, Exodus 4.1, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? What if they, Moses is concerned with what others think. Can I tell you that you, you ought to be concerned with what one person thinks and that's God. Even in Jesus' day, look what, look what John 12, 42. Yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. So these are some church people here. But here's the sad part. Look, look what it says. For they loved praise from men more than praise from God. Worried more about what others thought. Can I tell you, we'll stay insecure and we'll stay in this fragile state until we, lock, until we stop letting the pressure of someone who didn't even save me tell me who I am. Look at what Paul says. He says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I'm not going to let others pressure me or let others define me. No, I'm going to, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is power. And the last thing is this. Who am I? Who are you? What if they, and then he says, I have never. I have never. We disqualify ourselves. Have you ever disqualified yourself because you've never done something? Or maybe you're disqualifying yourself right now because you've never done something. I want to tell you we can't let that be the way that we live our lives. Exodus 4, 10 and 12 says this. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. O Lord, I have never. I have never. Moses ends up saying yes to God leads the people out of slavery, takes them out. God is with him. God shows himself in many ways. But can I ask the question that just pops out to me? How would the story have ended if Moses would have talked himself out of it? You see how the story ends. Because God called him. God's with him. God defines him. God says, you know what, I'm bigger than your failures. I'm bigger than your mistakes. We know how it ends, but how would it have ended? For Moses, God would have made a way. But how would it have ended for Moses if he would have talked himself out of it? So along those same lines, can I ask you, what are you talking yourself out of today? What are you talking yourself out of today? Can you imagine what would happen if you said, 
I may not get it fully, but I'm going to trust you, God, in this season. And I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. Paul in Philippians 4.13, you know it's one of the most popular scriptures of all time. He's, he's looking at his situation and he goes, I know what it's like to, to be in abundance. I know what it's like to, to not have anything. I know what it's like to be in different seasons of life. He said, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Can I tell you, we can't assess what we do by I have never. Don't let I have never stop you from taking that next step. I can do all things. That is the word for us when we say I have never. This is the work that God wants to do in each of us. A bold move. Maybe it's serving where you've never served before. Maybe it's in your giving. Maybe it's, you're saying, I'm, I'm going to come to church every time I'm in town. Just a bold move. Something you, because you've constantly said no based off of the wrong mirror. And God wants to confront the areas in our lives that have held us back from becoming who he wants us to be. That's all I'm asking you today, to look intently into God's work that is a mirror for our lives. And for you to confront any area in your life that has held you back from becoming who he wants you to be. Because what I do know is this, what God wants you to be is greater than who you are now. Who God wants you to be is greater than who you are now. Father, I thank you today. I thank you for your word. That allows me to look at my life and be defined by the one who made me. Not defined by what I did, not defined by my failure, not defined by rejection. No, I'm defined by you, my Heavenly Father. God, I thank you today. Thank you for your word that allows us to look at ourselves and say, there's some work that can be done here. There's some work that can be done here and and challenge us to step into becoming who you want us to be, who you called us to be. God, I thank you right now for everyone that's confronting various areas. God, I come against insecurity. I come against an identity crisis. We are who we are by your grace. We can do what you say. We can do. And we can live the life 
that you say we can live. That Zoe life. The life of abundance. So God, for everyone in this place, that's our lives, our everyday realities don't seem to match up with what your word says. God, I pray that gradually, as your word says, that we would become more and more like you, shining brighter and brighter every day. That you would get the glory. That you would get the glory. God, and right now I thank you for meeting every need. You see every heart. You see every worried mind. You see every anxious spirit. God, right now, I thank you. I thank you that perfect love casts out fear. Thank you, God, that you're still a way maker. And you're still a healer. You're still a savior. You're still a bridge over troubled water. You're still my bulwark. You're my friend when I'm friendless. You come. Just right now, God. Right now, God, that you would meet us right where we're at. With every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't want to go any further without giving anyone an opportunity in this place that maybe you've lived life trying to figure out things on your own and you've tried your own ways, your own methods, your own approaches, and it has been to no avail. You constantly look in the mirror and, and you're not happy with what you see. And you have not given Jesus an opportunity. You're walking through life carrying shame and carrying guilt, carrying the hurt, carrying the burden the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And Jesus says, come to me if you're heavy burden, if you're laden. He says, I'll give you rest. So right now in this place, you've tried to do things on your own. But in this moment, you say, as we begin this year, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to open my heart. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. And whoever hears my voice and opens the door, he says, I will come in. He, he's ready. So if that is you today, every head bowed, every eye closed, and you say, today's the day I want to give Jesus my life. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I just want you to raise your hand right where you're at. You don't have to stand. You don't have to do it. I see you. I see you. I see you. I want everyone at the sound of my voice to pray this prayer with me. Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for taking my place for loving me with an unconditional love. I give you my hurt. I give you my shame. Let me live the life you died to give me. Be the Lord of my life. I confess you as Lord, as Savior, as King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we clap our hands to Jesus and can we give him praise? For everybody that accepted him today.